0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. We're on week two of our quest to find a colder spot in the house to record. Uh, Our AC is still out. It should be fixed next week, so we moved downstairs... The trade-off is you can hear our neighbors doing yard work, so sorry about that. Everyone is
1: doing yard work on our street.
0: Everyone's always waiting. They're like looking up at our house. They're like looking through the windows, and the second we sit down to record, they're like, Go, go, go! Lawnmowers! Weed blowers! Weed blowers! Weed blowers! Weed whackers! Leaf blowers! They just get everything out.
1: The good thing is, though, we have more shelves (laughs) downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to film in front of.
0: To show off more of our stuff. <laughs> Behold my stuff. And also a shout out to Eli as Do or Do Not Seven, who was very kind and sent us uh, the Dexter Steiner neon sign from Star Wars Celebration that I forgot to get. Thank you so much, Eli. It's very kind of you.
1: This week we're doing twenty questions all about Obi Wan Kenobi, starting with Cyrus, who asks what our favorite moments of the show were.
0: Um. There were quite a bit. I'm, I've got my video uh, coming out next week of like everything I loved about the series, big moments, little moments. But, you know, I, I think just like the entire end of uh, part six really finally made my heart explode. Just seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi laughing and smiling again, I was like, God, some of these episodes were just so grim and dark and they were supposed to be. But seeing him come out of that on the other side and just smiling constantly. Mm
1: -hmm. That made me really happy. Yeah. Uh, The one that really stands out to me is just the very first episode and our first introduction for Little Leia. Mm. Just the way I felt when I was watching that, I got so excited. I had heard rumors about Leia possibly being in the show, but I had no idea to what extent. So even though this show is about Obi-Wan, that is like up there in... Probably my top three moments.
0: It's definitely one of those things where I was like, in the back of my mind, I remembered those rumors and I was like, Leia is probably in this, but I forgot about it watching the episode. So when we saw Alderaan, I was like, oh, yeah, like really <laughs> excited about it. Uh, I also want to shout out Hodges' introduction, his scene. Uh, I, I just fell in love with that, like very over the top acting of what a Jedi is. And like, I am now entering your mind. I am now leaving your mind. Like. <laughs> I I really enjoyed all of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Also, the end for me, too. Just seeing Obi-Wan finally laugh and smile and be happy. And, you know, a lot of people have been tweeting the images of Obi-Wan from A New Hope seeing Luke and Leia reunited Mm -hmm. and then deciding it's time. Uh, Just having seen this entire show and then the end where Obi-Wan is happy and knows that Luke and Leia will be fine just makes that moment stand out so much more.
0: It's one of those things that, I again, I think it was Claudia Gray that I first saw talk about that moment of just her own headcanon that, you know, he is seeing the twins reunited for the first time in 19 years, and so he lets out that smile. It was obviously something they didn't intend when they were shooting A New Hope, but gosh, it works so well, and it works even better because of this series. And uh, I also wanted to shout out uh, Reva's moment in Part 5, I loved the way that they showed uh, just that her quest for vengeance got her nowhere, literally nowhere, still down, looking up at a Sith Lord who's going to stab her. Uh, All of that was for nothing. Uh, I I thought that they showed that really, really well.
1: Mike Levins, Wizard Welder, and Rick Villanueva all want to know if there was anything we wanted the show to do but didn't get to see.
0: Seriously? Not really. I think they checked all of my boxes of what I wanted to see. Um, but there are some kind of, you know what? I, I wanted to see decks. I wanted to, even though this was like such a long shot, like <laughs> I still kind of had that little glimmer of hope early on that maybe Elon Sleeves Pagano <laughs> would pop up. It's, it's so, like just a, such a dumb hope, but I thought it would have been cool.
1: It's so funny how hypocritical we are in past shows when we were like, oh, all these cameos, mer. And then the. <laughs> one thing we really want to see is
0: more cameos yes
1: and yeah it's it's kind of hard not to when you're watching a show like this for characters that we kind of know the beginnings and the ends of we just want to see a lot of interactions between obi-wan and all these characters that we know and love
0: i will yeah own up to being a hypocrite all the time uh that sometimes things work for me and sometimes they don't and uh, all, all the time, <laughs> those things seem like they're contradictory to each other. It's just a weird thing of being a Star Wars fan. But truly, there wasn't anything that I feel like the show left out or needed to include. Dex wouldn't have fit in here, probably. Uh, we don't need a bunch of flashbacks. We just did that with Book of Boba Fett. So my real answer is no, not really.
1: I'm um, trying to think of what else I would have wanted to see. I wanted to see the Purge Troopers do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I was kind of sad that they really didn't get used much at all. They were there in their costumes, but they might as well have been regular stormtroopers, in my opinion.
0: I think that's a great answer. Totally agree with you. I loved seeing them, but you're right. They were just there to look different and cool, and there wasn't anything to them. Uh, They had a neat-sounding blaster, and that's about it.
1: Yeah. Also, I really would have liked to have seen... Just, I mean, we saw a little bit of it, but whatever was going through Vader's head while he's in the back to tank, or even when, when he's just like hanging out in uh, his, I almost said his house. <laughs> his castle. His castle. Yeah, it's a house. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he lives. Um, I would love to have seen him thinking about Padme.
0: Yeah, they like really got close to, you know, obviously they talked about Padme, but never by name. It would have been nice to just directly even have some dialogue between uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin in that moment when he's apologizing, just like, I'm sorry for all of it. Not that all of it was Obi-Wan's fault, but just telling him, like, I'm so sorry about what happened to you. I'm sorry about Padme. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, That would have been really powerful and strong.
1: Yeah. And like, I love the moments that we did get between Anakin and Obi-Wan that were... Flashbacks of them, you know, having that training thing. But even if they could have, just kind of slipped in a few moments straight from the prequels, not even new footage, uh, just some moments between Anakin and Padme, the the clones, Anakin and Obi Wan. I think that would have really hit harder, mm. right in the feels, <laughs> uh, if they had just like stuck in just a few little moments from the prequels into. To, to show us what Vader was thinking about.
0: Yeah, and not to mention there was precedent for that, because they did show Padme and, like, young Anakin and moments from the prequels uh, as Obi-Wan was dreaming about it. They, they played audio clips from the prequels. So, yeah, I think they could have gone a little bit further there. Uh, I think that's a good answer. I was waiting for you to say the helicopter lightsabers.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, after we didn't see them in the first like three or four episodes, I was kind of like, all right, I don't, I guess I'm not getting this right now.
0: Well, Rupert Friend had that interview where he talked about how neat the Inquisitor's lightsaber was and that he can fly with it and stuff. And so everyone was like, oh my gosh, he knows that. Why does he know that? But I I do think that I, I wanted to seriously bring that up because there was some drama about how he said that he didn't watch Star Wars Rebels to prepare for this. And everyone was all up in arms about that, but it's like clearly people sat him down and told him what he needed to know. Yeah. And and apparently he needed to know <laughs> that his lightsaber allows him to fly.
1: He was honestly one of the breakout stars for me. Him and uh, Tala and Reva were all so much better than I could have expected them to be. And the fact that he did watch Rebels and still like pulled off the the sassiness of the grand inquisitor so well like i i thought his performance was perfect uh,
0: i did too pulpy over the top just like a crazy wild villain for his little screen time as he got he made a very lasting impression even when he wasn't in focus that little like mouth thing he does when vader's like no we have to go after kenobi and he's like okay all
1: right <laughs> you know if he could have he would have flown right off that set
0: (laughs) i'm out of here
1: (laughs) on his little takes off into space light copter whatever we're calling it (laughs) phantom jedi asks how reva shrugged off being stabbed twice
0: revenge and a desire for revenge that's it
1: i don't think she shrugged it off either Uh, yeah that's true we uh we didn't really see her after she got stabbed the first time and we didn't see her much after she got sad the second time. We just know that she made it to Tatooine pretty quick, but she looked like she was, you know, struggling. But again, yeah, using her anger as a way to get past the pain.
0: Yeah. I mean that's uh the Grand Inquisitor's line of revenge does wonders for the will to live. That's true for the Grand Inquisitor, Darth Vader, Darth Maul, Reva. Like that is a thing of the dark side is that they will cling to their hatred uh, before they uh, accept death because when it comes down to it, they're afraid of death, which is different from the way that the Jedi view it as kind of the next stage of life in a way. Uh, I did a video about all that if you want to watch more of it, but I did want to point out that, yeah, she didn't shrug it off so much. Owen like punches her (laughs) in the stab wound and she reacts. There also was uh, a back to tank, on Jabim, so it is possible that she crawled her way over there, took a quick dip, uh, healed a little bit, and then headed off.
1: We don't really know the extent of the use of Bacta in the Star Wars universe besides the tanks. There could be patches. Oh, there are patches, There could patches, be yeah. like emergency uh, syringes. <laughs> there's There's a lot of options to explore, but we had no time for that On screen, we just had to know that she survived and that she was on her way to Tatooine. Yeah,
0: Battlefront 2 shows back to Mist, so she may have just had a little pocket thing, sprayed down the wound, and she's good to go.
1: (laughs) Speaking of, Michael Ennis wants to know how Reva got to Tatooine so quickly without a ship.
0: Well, we don't know that they didn't leave her ship.
1: I think she had a ship.
0: I think they probably did take the Inquisitor shuttle away I think the Empire probably took what was theirs and they, they went off home. Um, but we don't know what all was there on Jabim. Like everyone left in one transport, the other one was destroyed. There's probably other ships there. Like
1: I assume this works the same way as GTA and she could just rip someone out of the driver's seat of any ship around and get in and fly off.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you meant you'd just like call up your, your or, driver, and then they deliver a ship to you, and then
1: off yeah, you go. that too. Maybe, so it might come up in one of these questions, but everyone was like, what happened to the fourth sister? Maybe she had your girl. She was like, you know what? I got you. I'm coming. The fourth coming sister
0: had no idea what was going on, and she just called her up she's and was like, hey, I need some help.
1: She's passed out back on Jabim, having her ship recently stolen. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like that. Uh, my headcanon. Head yeah. That's good headcanon. Mine was just that there was another ship on Jabim and she hotwired it. Today's video is sponsored by HelloFresh. They're here to make eating better and easier. No grocery stores or meal planning, just everything you need to prepare wholesome, delicious meals all delivered to your door. Molly and I actually use HelloFresh because of how much time and energy it saves. We like to cook together, but our schedule is usually pretty hectic. Being able to save time on trips to the store is huge, and a lot of the meals are ready to go in 30 minutes or less. Now we're able to cook together most nights, and we get to choose from 30 dinner recipes every week, the most choices of of any meal kit. The plans are flexible and can be easily changed to fit our schedule if we know we're going to need more or fewer meals on any given week. You can even update your delivery address to keep cooking while you're on vacation. The recipes taste good and are the perfect amount for us. They also have plenty of options if you want to eat vegetarian, pescatarian, or low calorie to fit any kind of diet. And HelloFresh is up to 72% cheaper than grocery shopping or dining at a restaurant. I was personally resistant to trying a meal kit service before, but it's genuinely been very helpful and fun for us, and we've tried a lot of different meals we probably wouldn't have otherwise. HelloFresh has a special offer for everyone watching right now. Go to HelloFresh.com and use code SWExplained16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 surprise gifts.
1: Robert Miller, Mechlode, and Richard all ask if Reva knew who Luke really was.
0: I think that she did. I I think that's really the only answer. Otherwise, she is just going and attacking a random child, and that doesn't really fit her sense of justice, twisted as it is. She wants to hurt Vader, so I do think she knows that Luke is Vader's son.
1: I think so, too, and it's kind of one of those things that can be frustrating for some people because yeah there's there's no way we'll know unless they go into this another media if she really did know or not so it's just one of those things that uh, that is up for interpretation but i think she had enough time to realize that if obi-wan was going to this much extent to help this one girl and then he was gonna head to Tatooine if she if he couldn't save her then rev is smart she would know that like These kids are really, really important, important enough for Obi-Wan to get his butt out of bed, (laughs) what a little bed he had, and and go after them. But And then the fact that Vader would sacrifice destroying this little fleet of rebels to just go after Obi-Wan, I don't know. I think it's safe to assume that she knew what was up.
0: I think she knew, but there's room. I mean, I think she knew. I think she was, she knew enough to go on this quest uh, for revenge. She may have not 100% known, but she's like, whatever, it's good enough. I'm angry and I have to hurt somebody. And I think this will hurt Anakin, so I'm going to do it. Uh, I think that's her jumping off point. But yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that somebody else knows about Luke. You know, it's not something I'm crazy about right now, but... It's just new information that I didn't know before, and now I do.
1: Well, true, too, like, I I thought about this yesterday. I was like, what if Reva, you know, had, she had enough time to get to Tatooine. What if on the way she fixed the little communicator to the best of her abilities Hmm. and, like, heard more of the messages that were in there? There's, There's a lot of possibilities and what ifs, but... I don't know. The, just <laughs> the way
0: that they are telling the story, I'm I'm going with, she knows.
1: She's like Santa. <laughs> she always knows. She always knows. Lil' God wants to know if keeping Reva alive is a plot hole if she knows who Luke is.
0: No. Like, there's nothing about that that is plot hole to me. I don't know what that means, even. Like, Does, just Is th- there
1: anything that says no one else knew emphatically about Luke?
0: Not that I can think of. I mean, obviously, they want to keep that a small secret, Um, and we don't know where Reva is. Maybe she is staying with Obi-Wan. Like, there is stuff we don't know about this for sure, but uh, we know that Luke is fine (laughs) by the time of A New Hope, so there are no holes in the plot. Like I said, this is just new information that we have to adjust to, which happens all the time. Star Wars sure like the fact that the Lars family owned a C-3PO before Mm -hmm. we didn't know that when we were watching a new hope and then we found out uh, in Attack of the Clones and we were like well this is new information and I have to adjust same thing happened with the Fets, where we had uh, this very specific idea of who Boba Fett was from the books and then Attack of the Clones really shifted that around. And it's just, you know, we're going to continue to learn new things in Star Wars. And it's just an adjustment process. Um,
1: Yeah, this reasoning would mean that like all the prequel trilogy is a plot hole. (laughs) Right. Oh, boy.
0: Well, Hilo had a lot to say about plot holes, but uh, I forget kind of where we left off. But yeah, I just think that new information will come about that doesn't mean that what we knew before is wrong or a contradiction it's just finding a new way to bridge that gap and yeah there was nothing to say that only a handful of people like only three people knew about Luke and Leia now it's like okay there's four and okay here's what I wanted to get at it's possible that Reva is staying with Obi-Wan he might not fully trust her right now They might hang out for a little bit and then she decides she wants to go do something else and he's like, great, Like, I trust you now. It it might not be that he's like, whew, that was a close call, you almost killed Luke and you found out who he was, well, I'll see you later.
1: (laughs) I'm realizing now that I keep calling her Reva, that's just what I started calling her from the very beginning.
0: Twi'lek, Twi'lek, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. Sarah, Brandon Velasquez, and I'm SkyKid. All want to know what the future in Redemption looked like for Reva.
0: Um I think that in my head right now, the most likely situation is that she heads off and joins the path.
1: Yeah. She made it a point to tell uh her story in the way that like like when she's talking to Obi-Wan about her past, she's like the only family that I knew was slaughtered. So the next steps are to find a new family, and mm. she might actually find that family within the path.
0: Yeah. And we see that, you know, her quest for redemption turned her into Vader nearly. Uh, she was willing to do to the path what Vader did to her and her family, uh, but she pulled herself back from that. And I like the idea that uh, instead of being resentful of the fact that these kids are getting help uh, that she would be like I can help too and I can make sure that what happened to me doesn't happen to other children so that makes sense to me but um, would the path accept her I think yes it's it's similar it's an extreme version of Tala's story you know where she inadvertently mm-hmm. uh, helped inquisitors kill families yeah But I still think that in in Star Wars, in the context of Star Wars in this mythology, that she would be forgiven and allowed to join their ranks.
1: Yeah. I mean, people will say, oh, she did terrible things. She cut up people's hands. She killed people. I mean, Vader did all that stuff and worse and was still redeemed. It took a long time, and he died right afterwards. (laughs) But still, we need to see more stories of redemption where the person lives afterwards, lives to tell the tale, lives to you know find their found family which is what Star Wars is all about and you know teach teach other people that hey I came back from this and so can you.
0: And fight for a better future, just like what Tala said.
1: Dion Stauber asks if Reva will appear in The Mandalorian or other shows further in the timeline.
0: I don't think so. I think that her story is going to be told more in this era if it continues.
1: Yeah, she could certainly pop up again. Uh, I don't know if it'll be in future shows, though. Maybe in Andor?
0: Yeah, I mean, Andor is close. I don't know. I I like the idea. I really enjoy how distinct Obi-Wan Kenobi felt from The Mandalorian. It just gives me this confidence that, you know, all of these shows are going to have their own style, uh, their own version of storytelling within Star Wars, and I like that, so... Will there be connections between them here or there? Yes. But I don't think that any character that is introduced earlier than the Mandalorian is being introduced specifically so they can then be in the Mandalorian. I don't think that that's, that's too much connectivity for me if they're just constantly doing that. So Right.
1: I, I always thought, or I will say, I never thought that this was going to get another season They called it a limited series. I thought this was going to be a a beginning and an end to this particular story. So I'm perfectly fine with none of these characters showing up in anything past this.
0: We will get into season two talk soon.
1: Okay. (laughs) Ed Minty, Kyle Beckworth, and Ben Lawton all want to know if Roken will appear in Andor.
0: Kind of the same answer. I still think no, especially not in season one, because they were basically filming at the same time. Like These productions were happening in, I think, Los Angeles and the UK, a world apart, basically shooting simultaneously. I assume they were being written around the same time as well. So no, I don't think that they were planning on this character being in both shows.
1: I don't think they were planning on either... Um... It would be cool if he popped up in Andor. Like, I'm thinking, even though they were filming in different areas, they could have filmed a quick uh, something with him in it as, like, a hologram to pop up in Andor. Just like, hey, it's me, Roken. Here's a message from the Rebellion. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) I mean, they did something similar uh, in Mandalorian with... uh, what's his name? Grief Karga? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he was part of that show.
1: Yeah. But still, they can do that with anybody. Yeah. Palpatine looked like he filmed in his closet. <laughs> he could have filmed from his home. He probably Same with did. Qui-Gon. Honestly,
0: like uh I didn't include a question about this uh in the video, but someone was asking about his makeup and I was like it does look a little off. I think it mostly matches his return of the Jedi look more than his prequel look, but I do wonder if they just threw him in a cloak, filmed Ian McDermott for a couple lines, and then digitally did the makeup. And I'm wondering if that's why it looks a little off. Because it's like, what, are we going to make you sit in a chair for five hours yeah. to deliver two lines? Ian may have been like, pass. Hard pass.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally understand that, especially if that's all he's going to film for.
0: But for Roken... I, I just don't see it happening in Season 1, especially because they were talking about how this is going to be mostly a story of, uh, in Season 1, Andor joining the Rebellion, Season 2 is going to take us from, like, five years before A New Hope all the way up to Rogue One. That makes a little more sense, where they might be bouncing around between different Rebel cells and stuff. Also, Andor Season 2 hasn't started filming yet, so by now they may have worked in some connectivity, Um, this makes a lot more sense to me than Reva popping up in The Mandalorian, but I'm still skeptical. I mean, I absolutely think they're hinting at Roken continuing to fight, joining the larger rebellion. I think it would be cool if he popped up. I'm just not going to say, oh, it's definitely happening.
1: Leftist Hominid asks, how we would rate this series usage of Hayden Christensen on a scale of 1 to 10? I think
0: I give it a 7. Yeah. (laughs) I think that when they used him... I'll say six. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, similar. When they used him, uh, he knocked it out of the park. Loved seeing him in the cracked helmet. Uh, Loved the flashback scenes, obviously. I think that... I don't know. I don't know when he was and wasn't in the suit. Part of me feels like I can tell, but that's probably BS. (laughs) Uh, The stuff in the back to tank and the stuff suiting up was all cool, but... Uh, so quick. So I do wish that we had more with him and maybe a little more with Vader. i'm I'm on the fence. I'm glad that they were reserved with him, especially at the start. but I, I do think that they could have done more with Hayden.
1: Yeah, I, I only say six because I would have liked to have seen more of him, especially as Vader, but it's so difficult to do with the helmet because he needs the helmet to breathe. Basically, and like, I I wish that they could have done that last scene with him and Obi Wan, where he takes off the helmet completely, and you know fights, and we, but he can't do that, you know, because he's he needs it to live, and it probably wouldn't have looked great with the mouth moving, with all the prosthetics on the face. It just would not have worked. So, as much as I wish I could have seen more of him in the makeup as Vader. It just doesn't work.
0: I think, I mean, I love the crack. I'm glad that they kept it that way. I just thought, even though we had seen it in Star Wars Rebels, I thought it was still chilling in live action. And I thought Hayden was was amazing with what he did with like one eye. And you could kind of see his mouth moving. So I think, <laughs> I think what I'm feeling is that when we got Hayden Christensen, he did so great that I wish he got to do more. Um, I guess that's how I'm feeling. And who, kn- who kn- I know there was a team of like four people who brought Vader to life uh, outside of just Hayden. There was mm-hmm. a, a stunt fighter. There was uh, just a movement, um, I don't know what to call him, movement specialist. Just someone in the suit that would walk around sometimes the way Brendan Wayne does for The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Of course, James Earl Jones's voice. So I don't know, a lot of people brought Vader to life. But I still liked knowing that at any moment, Hayden might be in that suit.
1: Parker Jelen wants to know what we think of Anakin saying he is not Obi-Wan's failure.
0: So I'm going to steal this from Force Center podcast in our discussion Wednesday night on our live stream. You can check that out. Or as always, you can just go listen to Force Center podcast because they're great. I'm probably going to reference more of their answers, but uh, I really like what Joseph said about, you know, in part three, Vader says, I am what you made me. And then in part six, he goes, uh, "You didn't make Vader. I I killed Anakin Skywalker." And Joseph basically is saying that's Anakin taking the power back, mm-hmm. like Obi Wan tries to take some responsibility, and he's like, "No, this is I did this. This was my choice. I'm the strong one here," and and I like that answer. That it's just all about power in his mind.
1: Yeah, it is interesting to see him go from what he said and. In- part three was it Mm -hmm. to to now this and it it, you're absolutely right it's him taking back the power basically saying like you you mean nothing to me and you you didn't help any of this what I've become like I did all of this for myself um but it's also freeing for Obi-Wan to for him to say this and for him to hear it like both of these characters kind of needed this and in their own ways, but for Obi-Wan to hear this, when he says like, then you're truly dead and he's and then like he's like, see a Darth. Uh, it's it's just what he needed to hear to finally put this whole thing to rest uh, for for just himself.
0: Right. And I think that some people are interpreting that because Obi-Wan needed to hear it, that it might be Anakin coming out and trying to help Obi-Wan. Uh, I agree. I don't feel that that's what he was doing. I think he was at any given time he was trying to hurt Obi-Wan. So in part three, he's like, I know it's going to hurt you to hear that you did this to me. And I am what, you, like, you are responsible. Uh, and then when Obi-Wan says, like, you know what? You're right. I will take some responsibility. Then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, no, I, I, I did this and there's nothing you can do that would would affect me uh, I don't care about you that much. When That's, he clearly does,
1: it's it's really telling that Obi Wan in that whole finale is is in a, in that fight is trying to apologize to Anakin, and that just makes him so angry. So of course he's gonna his rebuttal is going to be like, "I don't need your apology. You didn't have any part in this. This was all me." Exactly. JD One Z asks if we wish Vader had said he had the <laughs> he had the high ground. Okay. JD1Z asks if we wish Vader had said he had the high ground after burying Obi-Wan.
0: I've seen some people saying that he should have said the thing, and I'm I'm on the camp that no, he, he should not have said that, and I'm glad he didn't.
1: Vader uh, should be a man of few words, uh, and the words that we do hear from him should be powerful and terrifying, and this would have been petty. I will, say.
0: I will point out that, you know, Vader can be petty. Oh, yeah. He is the type of person that's going to throw Obi-Wan into fire and play with him. But he in knew part Obi-Wan three. wasn't dead. Uh, yeah. It, to me, it's more that, you know, Obi-Wan just said, I will do what I must. He did the pose that we all wanted him to do. Uh, and then later we have Hello there and we have Qui-Gon Jinn coming back. It's a lot. And so that one would have felt, in my opinion, like just a little bit too much. But I I also want to point out that, you know, I don't think it's out of character necessarily for him to say that because this is also the guy that told Krennic not to choke on his aspirations and was like, boom, nailed it. True.
1: (laughs) I just, yeah, just because, maybe it was because it wasn't an original Vader slash Anakin line. He didn't want to steal it.
0: Yeah. I just think it would have felt... Uh, in the moment, especially if I don't know if he thought that Obi-Wan was dead or not under all that rubble, but to just to himself be like, no, I have the high ground. <laughs>
1: like it would, have, it would have completely taken me out of the scene. <laughs> I
0: agree. I think it would have undercut the seriousness of what was happening because I love uh, what happens right after of Obi-Wan reconciling his past, kind of being attacked by his past almost, but then looking to Luke and Leia and the future and hope, and breaking out of the rubble, I think that's more important than uh, getting another prequel meme in.
1: Michael L. Franz and Hiramatsu both want to know why Obi-Wan let Vader live.
0: Uh, This is another thing we discussed on our uh, live stream with Force Center, and I'm sure they talk about it in their podcast, so another shout-out to Force Center, and there'll be a link in the description and all that good stuff to them. Um, But yeah, I I think that... (laughs) It's just out of character for Obi-Wan Kenobi, like the most Jedi of Jedi to do that, especially after coming back to who he is and then just walking up and stabbing him and walking away.
1: Yeah, it's it's just not the Jedi way and I still I think he still can't bring himself to kill him. It's like what Reva says, like do you really want Anakin dead? and you know maybe that questioning is question is rattling around in his head the whole time like maybe there's still a chance maybe he's like all right i'm not going to kill him just in case these two kids when they grow up they can reach him in a way that i could not so i think he just can't bring himself to do it
0: yeah and it's very similar to kind of luke and kylo ren where he knows there's no way that he can bring kylo back Like, he probably could have shown up and dueled Kylo and killed him. But again, that's not what Jedi do. And obviously, there's the whole case of, you know, Darth Vader's in A New Hope, so we can't kill him. Um, But in-universe, I I agree. I don't think he wanted to kill Anakin. I think this journey was about him getting past that and overcoming it. Um, You know, if you want to debate whether or not He has some moral responsibility for everything else Darth Vader does in the galaxy. After that, that's a valid argument. But for the story, I just don't think it's what Obi Wan. You know, what would Obi Wan do? We should make bracelets. (laughs) I don't think that Obi Wan would have done that.
1: Yeah, I just like thinking about the fact that he, in my mind, he he wasn't just like, oh, you know, I'll let Luke and Leia deal with him. But it it's kind of like. If they're gonna ever find out about him and who he really is and who, you know, their father was and is now, yeah, let them decide what they want to decide about it then, or else be like, Yeah, your father was Vader, and then I killed him. Yeah. You're welcome. Like
0: I, I I was also someone that had that thought of like, huh, he just walks away and leaves him alive, but would it have felt right for Obi Wan to just walk up and lop his head off? Like, no, it would not have.
1: Tom T asks if the line from Return of the Jedi was addressed in the series.
0: I think so enough. Uh, So that's the line between Darth Vader and Luke, where Darth Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did, as in like, he once thought I could be brought back from this. Um, But again, Force Center pointed out that that whole discussion is kind of surrounding uh, I know that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning to me. It's a it's a debate very much centered around Anakin Skywalker. And in that moment in the series, Obi-Wan is like, so then my friend is dead. And you did kill Anakin Skywalker.
1: Yeah, I, I think it got addressed pretty clearly.
0: Even before Force Center said that to me, I was still... In my head, kind of like, you know what? Obi-Wan saying he's sorry is, to me, enough of an olive branch mm-hmm. uh, to be like, you can come back. Like, I'm not going to keep fighting you. I'm sorry about what happened. And I think that is showing some level of belief that Anakin is still in there until Vader says no.
1: Yeah, the the idea, like we said before, of Obi-Wan leaving him alive is enough of a reason to say that this line was addressed. Yeah. Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Like, he he was trying, didn't succeed, but still let him live.
0: Yeah. To, to believe that, you know, he can be brought back, just not by me.
1: Kevin Dragos and Peter Tan both want to know why Vader and the Empire didn't go after the Organas after all of this.
0: Because at this point, the Imperial Senate does have some power. And that's just the simple truth. They, the Imperial Senate has power all the way up until A New Hope. Yeah, I mean, Reva is chastised for kidnapping Leia in the first place. That you're going to go after an Imperial Senator's daughter to get (laughs) Obi Wan like this is too far. And then in A New Hope, when they capture Leia, uh, Captain Dane who I still, I know his name because I missed it in trivia once. <laughs> Dane Jir tells Vader that holding Leia is dangerous, that the Imperial Senate can do things about this. Uh, that's the whole point of the Death Star, <laughs> is that they want to get rid of the Imperial Senate, and they feel like if they have the power to destroy a planet, then no one is going to stand up to them, including the Senate.
1: Plus, Vader's just Vader and the Empire are just too proud. They're too proud of themselves. They can't. Bring themselves to go after the Organas because, yeah, they they wouldn't necessarily win that fight right now.
0: Yeah, the the Organas, uh, Bail Organa, is very popular in the Imperial Senate, so he's a very public figure. And doing anything, even if they had some sort of like proof that he was harboring a Jedi fugitive or was in contact with one or something, I just don't know that the rest of the Senate would have sided with the Empire, and it would probably was going to bring up more trouble than it's worth. Obviously, the second the Death Star is built, who do they blow up? Yeah, <laughs> The Organas. Like, true. I think that they were ready and waiting to do that for 10 years. I also think that they didn't know the Death Star was going to take that long. You know, they probably thought, you know, let's just wait. Krennic's going to have this super laser solved any day now.
1: Any day now. <laughs> and it took nine more years. There will be years. no problems. You no know, uh, insurgents to come give us trouble. Yeah. Robert Miller and Lil' God both ask if we wish there had been more Qui-Gon in the show. Always.
0: Yes and no. Um, I am happy with the amount that we got. Because from episode one, when we saw Obi-Wan failing to communicate with Qui-Gon, I was like, got it. Like, the, Qui-Gon's going to appear when he is himself again, when he's balanced and all that. So I am glad that they used him as a reward. Uh, I'm not glad that they waited until the last second. I was like, <laughs> "Are they really going to not do Qui Gon?" And then he appeared, and I was like, "Okay, thank goodness."
1: I was yeah, I was kind of hoping that we would see Qui Gon's Force Ghost speak to Obi Wan before the big fight, mm. just to just to give him that extra push that he needed to to just know that this is the right thing, but. I think I am glad that they waited, like you said, to to have it happen as a reward. But like I said earlier, I think just a few snippets of Qui-Gon from the prequels, mm. cut straight from the prequels, would have made a uh, a significant impact because his lines in the prequels are so good.
0: Yeah. And, and again, we did get that in that one, in part one near the start. I, I do feel like it would have been fun to sprinkle prequel stuff throughout. And then... People were hoping for Clone Wars flashbacks with the armor and everything. And it's like, what if they did sprinkle uh, some scenes from the Clone Wars, but they redid them in animation? Uh, Something just between Obi-Wan and Anakin, taken straight out of the animated series, but we see it in live action. Would have been Mm -hmm. pretty cool. That's besides the point. Uh, Yeah, I guess I was just on board with and expecting Qui-Gon to be the reward uh, after overcoming his failures and his fears. Uh, So when that happened, I was happy with it. If they had given us more Qui-Gon, I certainly would not have complained.
1: Mm -hmm. Jedi Bosque wants to know if the path will be important in future Star Wars storytelling.
0: That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, uh, I I think that it's a really cool idea. I think that there could potentially be a series surrounding it, whether or not that's live action or a comic or, I don't know, something. I I do think it's going to pop up again. I don't think it's going to be like a central thing to all of Star Wars moving forward, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think this is an important thing going forward in storytelling. I also think it's just one of those things that you could easily just assume is happening. That there is this group trying to help and save surviving Jedi. Uh, They could pop up in Jedi Survivor, the video game, which would be kind of a perfect fit
0: could be the bad batch too i mean we know gunji lives so you know <laughs> how how did he survive and, i had and,
1: forgotten about that yeah. and remembering it, it was awesome
0: there in part five uh on the wall of carvings to the right of the jedi insignia is the youngling insignia and i'm not saying Do
1: they have their own insignia
0: yeah it's like a little wing and a star mm-hmm. uh which premiered i think the first time we ever saw it was in the gathering arc with the younglings so i'm like that could Perfect. be a, a cheeky little nod to what's about to come in the Bad Batch. Maybe Gunji carved that into the wall.
1: Blake Davison asks if we wanted more classic Star Wars themes in the series.
0: Yes, I did.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do think, I, I guess I'm surprised we didn't get more of it. But I think when they did use it, like in the very end with Leia's theme, it it hit even harder. But like you said in the review, they did use it a lot in the marketing So to not hear it much in the series itself was kind of a letdown, but I also wasn't really concentrating on where's this music that I know already uh, while I was watching the show.
0: It it was more prequel music that I was missing, Uh, and I, I don't mind the fact that Princess Leia's theme, the Force theme, and the Imperial March were all saved for the final episode because all three of those characters uh, were were becoming who we know them to be in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. So we don't hear Princess Leia's theme until she's got the holster on and she's got the gloves on and she has chosen to do more than just wave, uh, like Breha says. So now we hear Princess Leia's theme. We don't hear the Force theme until Obi-Wan becomes a Jedi Master again. That makes sense to me. And even the Imperial March, remember we only heard that in The Empire Strikes Back. It was not in New Hope. The Empire Strikes Back is probably where Vader is at, his most powerful within the Empire. Um, and at the end of this series, we kind of see Vader setting aside his quest for Kenobi and recommitting himself to the Emperor. And so it's kind of like those moments in the Clone Wars where we hear the Imperial March. It's Anakin taking another step yeah. in that direction.
1: It's it's emphasizing where his allegiance lies.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm fine with all of that. I think that that's even a, a good choice. But when you hear Duel of the Fates and Battle of the Heroes in the trailer, and I feel like they—I think they did this in The Rise of Skywalker, too. I think they used Duel of Fates in some moments, and people kept—you know, people love that song. So it kind of feels like a bait-and-switch. And, switch. Uh, and, and I, I do wish that they used prequels from the past— in the timeline because no one has to build to those moments. Those themes and motifs already exist. Mm -hmm. So I I would have appreciated some prequel music.
1: I will say though, I did enjoy the score. I forget. Natalie. uh, Holt. Yeah. Natalie Holt. I think she did a great job and maybe she didn't want (laughs) to, you know, pepper it too much with, with that stuff
0: i really like the main theme which was john williams i really like the inquisitor theme or rivas or i don't know what to call that right now um but i liked that and i liked the music landing on mapuzo otherwise i i don't really remember much of the music in the show so i'm i'm just lukewarm on it
1: Aaron Owenia wants to know what we think changed when they transitioned this story from a movie to a series.
0: I think they probably expanded all of the side characters. I think all of them got more to do. That'd be my biggest guess.
1: Like like Tala and Roken and...
0: Tala, Roken, Haja, even Reva. I, I think that... Um, Obi-Wan, he probably would have had a really solid arc. I think that going into this as a movie, they probably had a very similar story where it's like, this is about Ben Kenobi, Broken Ben becoming Obi-Wan again. That's what I think they had nailed down. And then when they shifted, so I did the math and it's about, it's a little over three and a half hours once you take all the like eight minutes of credits out of every episode and the, um, the previously on's. We get about three and a half hours worth of story. Mm -hmm. So I think that they probably expanded the roles of Reva, Roken Haja, Tala, and gave everyone better arcs.
1: Yeah, I think this would have definitely flowed a lot better as a film. You know, I, I do love everything in all the episodes, but I think if you, yeah, tightened it up a lot and cut out some stuff and showed it all at once it would have just worked better
0: i do it's a lot to binge at once but i do kind of want to sit down and do that because yeah it, it does give me this sense that this is a long movie that they kind of arbitrarily broke into six parts like there are different definitely beginnings and ends and i think each episode progresses ben's arc well and shows us where he is at i think that's how they broke the story up um but yeah, there, there aren't, it, it's not the way that, it's not episodic the way The Mandalorian is. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, The, the Mandalorian has very distinct, like, this is the planet we're on this week, and mm-hmm. this is our adventure, and we'll do a little bit to drive forward the the overarching plot with Gideon, but it's very different than Kenobi. Kenobi feels like a stretched out movie.
1: Yeah, it does. And to break it down very simply, it kind of feels like we're doing this the way that they edited the episodes of Kenobi, where it could have been this, you know, like Mm. it could have been a lot smoother. So yeah. And there, there are points where, you know, they're trying to have a beginning and an end to each episode where you're like, that doesn't feel satisfying to the end of, to like this week's. Episode.
0: I think I read somewhere that you know they they changed it from a movie to a series, and then they were about to go into production and they hit pause, uh, and they they kind of reworked some things. I think I heard that that's when they added the Inquisitors into things. So everything with the Fortress Inquisitorius was probably added in later. That that may have been an extra uh, trial for Obi Wan to go through, and. Reva may have been a completely different character, may have just been someone, a fallen Jedi or something out for revenge against Vader. Uh, that That's just me guessing. And I don't even know if that's correct, that the Inquisitors weren't at it until that point. but
1: She could have just been like an Imperial officer. Yeah. But this is way cooler.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree. And I, I hope the gallery gets into that. I don't think it will. They tend to be kind of cagey about behind-the-scenes stuff especially with uh, The Force Awakens and Rogue One and The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, they just... I wish they would tell us more.
1: Behind-the-scenes stuff regarding the storytelling and like how they went from point A to point B in in creating the story. But I don't know. Reva was... uh, Moses Ingram was sharing a little bit of stuff on her Instagram stories about like some of the training that she went through behind the scenes uh, with her fight with Vader that looked really cool. So I... Hope we get some cool stuff in the gallery episode.
0: Maybe I should say they're being cagey around the development of stories. Like yeah. they won't tell us uh, what Michael Arndt's original screenplay was going to be like before JJ came on and then rewrote it with Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, we don't really know much about the development of the Rise of Skywalker. So I, I do think that it would be cool if they sat down and said, like, so here's what the movie was going to be, and then it was going to be this, and. Again, I don't think they're going to do that. That's I'm just, just interested in it.
1: If they did do that, that's just going to boil the blood of a lot of fans and cause a big mess. Yeah, those are
0: just people who want to be mad anyway. They'll find a reason.
1: Sebastian Schobard, Jane Dalton, and Caleb Diaz all ask if there will be a season two.
0: Obviously, we don't know right now. Um, I think they've left some things open. Um, I, I don't think that I want an Obi-Wan Kenobi season two?
1: I don't think there's going to be a season two. Uh, There was something that came out recently where I think, was it Kathleen Kennedy said, you know, oh, if there was enough engagement and, you know, there's story for it. Deborah Chow said something similar, but...
0: And so did Ewan.
1: That's, yeah, that's kind of just like a a bottle answer for a question like that. They're not going to just say no on camera and get up and leave. Yeah,
0: they're not going to say, no, we'll never do more. Uh, I did think that Kathleen Kennedy said it well. She's like, you know, we'll certainly consider it if there's a story. And I'm like, thank you. That's what they should be focusing on. Like, don't say, don't green light season two and be like, and we'll figure out uh, whatever it's Obi-Wan goes through later. Like, yeah. I would much rather, you know, they they sat with this story for so long uh, and it got, you know, developed and changed over time, I'm sure. But I think they knew at the core what it was about. And I want them to know what the story is going to be about before saying Obi-Wan Kenobi 2 is greenlit. I think what's more likely is we'll continue some of the story story ideas like The Path, um, Roken, Riva, Haja. I think that there's still things to explore there. And Obi-Wan Kenobi can pop in every now and again and help, just the way Tala said Quinlan Vos does.
1: Yeah. I have seen some uh, interesting hot takes on Twitter of people saying, you know, I wish this show was more about Obi-Wan. If you want a season two, it's going to get further and further away from a show about Obi-Wan. And so, yeah, I think if we're going to get more of this story, make it a Young Leia series. Make it about the path. Uh, Make it about Reva. Just something where we can pivot a little bit and show more of these other characters, because we know what the rest of Obi-Wan's story is, basically.
0: Yeah, and I I think that Obi-Wan Kenobi had, by far, the best arc in this series. Like, I don't know what else people want from it. That, that to me, walking away from part six, I was like, they crushed Obi-Wan's story. Uh, and yeah, maybe they expanded some of the other characters when they made it an extra hour and a half longer, but what like, what do you want? I don't know. Yeah, it, it just seems like a weird complaint that we got more stuff and that it wasn't three and a half hours of Obi Wan being sad.
1: <laughs> if I, I do want to say, if you if you thought that this show wasn't enough about Obi Wan, I don't think you were watching it with the right uh, mindset.
0: I mean, it it may have just not been. It, it may have been something that people didn't want him to leave Tatooine. I didn't initially Uh, then they
1: shouldn't watch the show well like
0: if it's not what you want then fair enough but yeah like you would have known that from episode one (laughs) right so i don't know i i think that they should stop focusing on obi-wan if they are going to continue some of these story elements um for pretty much that reason like i don't know what else he can go through uh people have talked about well, he could do kind of what we thought I threw out the idea as well, that this could be about him learning to become a Force ghost, and it could be really weird and trippy with the Force, and he just stays on Tatooine, or he goes to the Wellspring of Life. But even that, I'm like, what greater trial are they going? Are the Force priestesses going to put him through mm-hmm. than he's already been on? <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. I mean, you said this in the live stream on Wednesday. Star Wars and Lucasfilm are much more likely to take risks... In the books and the comics Mm. so we could get something really cool and trippy about him becoming a force ghost it's not going to be a live-action TV show it might be a book or a comic
0: and another thing Force Center pointed this out on their discussion of a potential season two how do you raise the stakes not that you necessarily have to like I think a lot of Star Wars fans would welcome something weird and trippy uh and kind of slower paced about Obi-Wan but most people are going to be like, how are they going to go bigger and better than they did in season one, where Obi-Wan had to save Princess Leia from Darth Vader and they fought again for the first time in 10 years? And like,
1: those are the people that want a Vader show as a sequel.
0: Yeah, maybe. But Which is I mean, like,
1: we've got enough Vader stuff.
0: <laughs> it's like that, that's already such an epic story. How do you make Obi-Wan Kenobi season two bigger? So that's why I think, you know, let's focus on something new and Obi-Wan can obviously still appear. But I think his arc is done, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. There could definitely still be more to say or do with the character. Uh, just because I don't know what it is doesn't mean it's not out there. But for now, I'm good.
1: For now, I'm good. That's, that should be the tagline of our review from now on <laughs> of Obi-Wan stories.
0: <laughs> I'm good for now. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel,
1: follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.
0: And as always, thanks for watching,
1: and may the Force be with you.